It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for FanRag Sports, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers, and you can find all of our podcast content at LockedOnPackers.com. I want to direct you specifically to LockedOnPackers.com this week because I took some excerpts from the Jennings interview last week. Greg Jennings was on the show. And there were some newsworthy bits in there. Uh, he talked about how to best manage the defense, how to best uh, jumpstart Brett Hundley, which we're obviously going to talk about. He, t- he told a great anecdote about the, the game ceiling play in the Super Bowl, his iconic throw and catch with Aaron Rodgers. And so all of that, I I took some bits out and wrote up some little posts so that you could get some of the audio there. Well, the the entire audio is in all of those posts, but you can get the, I I transcribed some of it and put them in context so that you don't necessarily have to listen to the whole thing to get it. Though I do suggest that you listen to the whole thing. All right, enough preamble. Let's get into it because it is Victory Monday. The Packers beat their arch-rivals, the Chicago Bears, 23-16. It was not pretty. The field conditions, as they are often in Soldier Field, were not pretty. It was rainy. It was cold. It was ugly. The Packers lost some players to injury. They had, obviously, some key guys hurt coming in. But they get a win. And we have to start with Brett Hundley. He goes 18 for 25 for 212 yards and a touchdown. Eight and a half yards per attempt. It's not the biggest yardage output you're ever going to see. It's not his biggest of the season, but he had 110.8 quarterback rating, by far his best as a Green Bay Packer. And in the second half, in the second half, Brett Hundley was 10 for 13 for 126 yards with a touchdown. And he had some of the biggest and best throws of his young career. If you were if you were pessimistic about Brett Hundley coming into the game, and I can't say I was optimistic, though pessimistic may be the wrong phrasing of how that how I was feeling, this was a performance that you can point to and say, there's something here. There were times against New Orleans, and I pointed this out after the game, he had what I call answer drives. The Saints would score, and he brought them down. He did that twice. The Saints tied the game in the second half, and he put up a field goal. The Saints tied the game in the first half. He put up a touchdown. The Bears score. What does he do? Comes back next possession, and on the move, rather than bailing from the pocket, he steps up, he rolls to his right, and he makes a dime throw to Devontae Adams, an Aaron Rodgers-level throw, rolling to his right into coverage to Devontae Adams for the touchdown. In the fourth quarter, 
he had 158.3 yard passer rating. And here is the play. This is the play that we will point to if Brett Hundley plays better from here on out. The play that we will point to, 212 left. Packers hold a seven-point lead, and they had just screwed up a third and five. Coming out of a timeout, they don't have a play ready. They break the huddle late because the play came in late. They can't get lined up. They have to take a delay of game penalty. Now it's third and 10. They run the ball. You go to the two-minute warning, and the Bears are going to have two minutes to try and score a touchdown. Instead, they hand the ball, well, they put the ball in Brett Hundley's hands, and he delivers. Hundley's going to throw it, and he's going to throw it deep down the sideline. Are you kidding me? Devontae Adams at the 23-yard line. It's a 42-yard dime to Devontae Adams, who only caught it with one hand because he had to. But this was the kind of throw that he caught it because he had no other choice. The ball was in his chest. He could make a one-handed catch because that's how perfect the throw was. The Packers took off the handcuffs a little bit. A little bit in the second half. He completed yard, or he completed throws down the field. He was 4 of 5 on aimed throws past 10 yards, including a touchdown. A lot of it was still short. There was still a lot of the underneath, the screens, the designed reads and throws. They executed some screens better. And this offense was was moving decently well with Ty Montgomery until he got hurt. This is There is a formula in here. 37 rushes, 25 passes. Now that was with a healthy Aaron Jones to start the game. He goes out. We're going to talk about him a little bit later. Ty Montgomery, he's playing well in the passing game and the run game. He, he goes out. And Brett Hundley steps up. Now, he's still having issues with pocket awareness. There's no denying that. But in the second half, with what we found out was a a gimpy hamstring, on third and short, they decide to throw the ball. Instead of bailing out of the pocket, he steps up. He takes off down the field. This is a bigger play if he's 100% healthy. There were a couple moments where he just looked lost. But here's the thing. I don't think it's a processing problem with Brett Hundley. And what I mean by that is I don't think he he fails to identify what's happening. I think he fails to make a decision. He's indecisive. That has been a struggle. And I think it's a, it's a confidence issue. Because when he came in against Minnesota, I, I've been harping on this for three weeks now. When he came in against Minnesota, he played freely. He just made throws. He made that beautiful sideline throw to... to Jordy Nelson on the fade stop. He made a couple really nice throws on outs and comebacks to Nelson and Devontae Adams. He made some beautiful stick throws on slants to Randall Cobb. He played freely. He's overthinking it. It's not that he's over-processing. He's seeing the throw and not making it. For whatever reason, he's being indecisive. And in the second half, he played more decisively. The ball was out. McCarthy did an excellent job of putting him in a position to do that. That touchdown drive that ended in the Devontae Adams uh, throw and catch. The best drive of Brett Hundley's career. Similar in many ways to the one against the Saints that I wrote about for Acme Packing Company last week. It was mostly out of spread. They mixed in some runs, but not out of obvious run formations. And they kept the defense off balance. This is a good Bears defense. This is a top 10 defense. 
a defense that had been playing extremely well, a defense that was 10th in defensive DVOA. This is a very good defense, and the Packers played well against them. It wasn't perfect. Brett Hundley still, he screwed up that quarter, end of quarter. They tried to draw the, the Bears off sides on a fourth down, which was just stupid. I don't know why you even bother. But he was supposed to just let the quarter run out, and instead he takes a timeout. He doesn't need to take. That is the first-time starter mistakes. He's still making those. But you want to see a player who is who is taking a step? This is This is a guy who has taken a step. Now, we don't know for sure that this means anything yet. It could be an aberration. He could play horribly against the Baltimore Ravens next week. They have a very good pass defense. But what we saw was positive in this game from Brett Hundley, especially in the second half. I know these grades are subjective and it's hard to they're hard to give without knowing the calls, but Brett Hundley had an 85.2 overall grade in this game. According to Pro Football Focus, he was one of the five top graded guys on the team. And if you want more of that kind of information, you want a Pro Football Focus Edge subscription, you can enter our giveaway. Put your name and your Twitter handle in a review of this podcast on iTunes. And you'll be entered to win a Pro Football Focus Edge subscription. You'll get player grades, snap counts, position ranks, fantasy projections, NFL draft coverage, Pro Football Focus fantasy, DFS, and NFL draft articles. All of that and all you have to do is leave a review of this podcast on iTunes, your name and your Twitter handle, and you will be entered to win. The reopening is right around the corner, and there's a chance that no one has seen your balls in months. Don't ruin your first post-quarantine date with a ball fro. Would you show up on the first day of school without a haircut? Manscaped is here to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Do you really want the next person to see your down there hair to think you weren't expecting anyone to see it? No one wants that. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of their ceramic blade and skin-safe technology, your snags will be reduced while preparing yourself for post-quarantine life. The Perfect Package 3.0 comes with the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, water-resistant, cordless body trimmer, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag for you to use when you're done quarantining. The Perfect Package 3.0 also comes with the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver, the perfect one-two punch to keep your one-two punch fresh all day long. Subscribers to the Peak Hygiene Plan get a new replacement blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months, making sure your trimmer stays fresh and clean so you can too. There is a light at the end of the tunnel, so treat yourself for making it through quarantine with the Lawnmower 3.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code locked on at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the promo code locked on. Matt Williamson brings the scouts perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. You got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen. He's just been a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play. Yeah, I just want to throw a couple nuggets out on Allen, and I know he's a lot bigger a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted, and he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws. 
but his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. I would be remiss if we went any further without talking about the Packers' defense. I understand that Mitch Trubisky put up a lot of yards in this game, 296 yards. He was 21 of 35 for 296 with a touchdown. It's a 96 quarterback rating. It's it's pretty good. He played well. Now, there was the 46-yarder, the Bellamy touchdown. Devon House gets beat, can't find the ball, sort of slips a little bit. Gets beat. Very similar play to what happened last week against Marvin Jones. There was also an Adam Shaheen 31-yarder off misdirection. Very well-designed play for the Bears. So right there, you're talking about 77 yards. Some of the yardage totals can be misleading, in part because the Bears were playing on third and long so often. They had they had third and 13, third and, third and 20. You get a lot of 7-8 yards on third and 12. That's a stop. The Bears were only 4 of 14 on third downs in this game. And part of the reason was because the Packers' pass rush came to play. Nick Perry, three sacks, three QB hits, five sacks for the team, 10 tackles for loss. And they held the run game down 55 yards on 17 carries. That's 3.2 yards per carry against a very good running team. They made zero red zone trips, the Bears did, officially, because the Benny Cunningham fumble. And I understand that they got the, the Dom Capers defense got a little bit lucky. That Benny Cunningham fumble is a weird rule. It's a, it's a dumb rule. I don't know why the defense should be rewarded for an offensive player dropping the ball in the end zone. If you lose possession and then it touches the pylon, why does it automatically go to the defense? It doesn't make any sense to me. It should be like, you know when you're playing 21 or hustle or whatever you want to call it, and you don't make the one-point shot right before you get to 20 so that you can make the two and win the game because you need 21 exactly. And if you don't, you go back down to 15. I think that's what the rule should be. And if you didn't follow that, basically what I mean is if you fumble the ball offensively and you fumble it either into the end zone or at the pylon like this was that basically puts it in the end zone, it should just be a touchback and you should retain possession. It's silly that it automatically goes to the other team. It makes no sense to me. But one of the reasons why I liked this defensive game plan from the Packers, they played mostly man coverage until the second half and late in the second half. And guess what happened? The soft zone, the Bears took advantage of, and they created some plays. Now, Devon House didn't have a great game, but Kevin King played great. Hurt his shoulder late in this game. We don't know what the situation is there. Demarius Randall, he he was matched up against Tariq Cohen a bunch in the slot, and he played well. Slipped on a tackle in the open field on that Shaheen play, but other than that, he blitzed. He was active. Still waiting on more splash plays from Josh Jones, but I thought he played well in this game. And Blake Martinez was his normal maven. He's everywhere. We're just we're almost numb to it at this point. It doesn't show up in the stat sheet, but Blake Martinez has a, was a big part of this game. And you can't say enough about Mike Daniels and Kenny Clark. They were outstanding. Combined for three tackles for loss, Daniels had a sack and a QB hit. They played really well. They managed the interior offensive line for Chicago, who had to do some shuffling with Kyle Long out for this game. 
they got the job done. I understand it wasn't pretty. And I wrote for Acme Packing Company last week that if if Mitch Trubisky lit up the Packers' defense, that, that Dom Capers should be out. I mentioned that on the podcast. I know the numbers, the numbers, the raw yardage numbers say that, that Mitch Trubisky played well. He made some nice throws, but I think a lot of his yardage was, was out of built-in place. He makes the nice throw over the top to Bellamy. But there's a lot of empty calories in there. I don't think he played as well as those numbers indicate. He did a lot of the things that, frankly, I've criticized Brett Hundley for doing. He, he had some showed poor pocket awareness, tried to escape a couple times and got run down. I think the game is, is moving a little fast for him. He doesn't realize that, you know, Nick Perry, who may look like the Hulk, can actually run. He got chased down by Nick Perry for, for a sack deep in his own end in this game. Dontrell Inman did some nice things, but look, these are NFL players. This is going to happen. He had six catches for 88 yards, but look, the Packers' defense played much better than they did last week. They actually generated a pass rush. I thought this was a mostly good game plan from Dom Capers, and I think that's an important change for this team. They needed it. They needed to play some man coverage. They needed to be aggressive, and look, the schedule sets up really nicely for them because... The Baltimore Ravens don't have a very good passing offense. That's an understatement. They have a terrible passing offense. The Browns don't have a good passing offense. Obviously, Pittsburgh does, but they looked anything but convincing in a win against one of the worst teams in football on Sunday, the Indianapolis Colts. Tampa Bay has been underwhelming. Carolina has struggled to run the ball. Carolina struggled to score the ball. Not many good offenses left on the schedule for Green Bay. They can make some hay here if this is the defense that that we're going to continue to see. It is now Ravens week, which means you need to check out Locked On Ravens. This is an uncommon opponent for the Packers, which means there's a lot we have to we have to dig into when when looking at this team. And they do a great job. So so check Locked Out Ravens. And the Bucks are on a little win streak. They beat the Spurs, they beat the Lakers. Check out Locked On Bucks. For all of your Giannis-related needs, they do a great job as well. Finally, I want to talk about the run game because Green Bay dominated time of possession nearly 34 minutes to just over 26 for the Bears. The problem for Green Bay is Aaron Jones is hurt in this game. has an MCL injury. He's going to be out a couple weeks. has an MRI That'll, that may have happened by the time that, that you listen to this. He had, he had three for 12 in this game. It was Ty Montgomery who really looked like he was getting going. Six carries, 54 yards. He had the 37-yarder for the touchdown, which was just, oh, man. It was classic Packers-Bears football. Mitch Unrein, who's a 270-pound defensive lineman, he slides into the hole. Aaron Ripkowski meets him and just wham! Collision. Ty Montgomery slides off it, and he gets downfield 37 yards later. He's in the end zone. Touchdown. He'd been playing great. Six carries, 54 yards, nine yards a clip, and he goes down. We were told rib. Now, we don't know if it's an aggravation of that injury, if it got worse, or if he just took a hit in it and it hurt. Hopefully, it's not a re-aggravation of the injury, that it didn't break further. That it was just he took a shot the wrong way. It, it really it really hurt. 
and he had to sit. Jamal Williams, the other rookie, takes over. He goes 20 carries, 67 yards. Not the most impressive line for him, but I think he consistently turned a one-yard gain into four. He fought for first downs a couple times. Late in the game, he ran, absolutely ran over Kyle Fuller for a first down. Overall, 37 rushes for 160 yards, 4.3 yards a carry. The Packers have run it and run it well. And in this game, 37 rushes to 25 passes for Brett Hundley. That is the formula. Green Bay has to run the ball. And they've run the ball effectively, even against loaded boxes in the Brett Hundley, I won't call it an era, but in the Brett Hundley tenure. They need to continue to do that. Now, I didn't like some of the the gadgety Wildcat stuff. I did sort of like the, the Randall Cobb option. I didn't like to just line him up and run it. I don't like that at all. But if you're going to line him up and run some Wildcat option with Ty Montgomery or Jamal Williams or whoever is going to be out there, that's fun. I like that. If you have a pass off of it, even better. It looked like a packaged play. They ran it They ran it three times. They had to call timeout on the third time. Mike McCarthy was not happy, which leads me to believe there may have been some sort of wrinkle there. And maybe they'll run it next week. I said I thought it was telling that in the off that in the last week Mike McCarthy instead of putting together packages and plays for Brett Hundley put together a, a wildcat package for Randall Cobb and that seemed to be bearing itself out in the first half when McCarthy was pretty conservative but in the second half that was the difference the Packers were more aggressive Hundley played better and then on 3rd and 10 the game on the line They let Brett Hundley go make a play, and he made it. Regardless of what happens the rest of the way, Brett Hundley could be trashed the rest of the way. In this game, in that moment, he came through, and he deserves credit for that. I don't care what what else you want to say. They should have signed Colin Kaepernick. The season's dead. They could lose the rest of the games. I don't care. In that moment, he came through. He lived up to his ability. He may have even exceeded his ability. He made the play that Green Bay needed him to make when they needed him to make it. That matters. It matters to me right now because we're talking about this game. He made the play of the game. Frankly, he made the two plays of the game. The touchdown throw and then that throw. And if if the long snapper and the, the holder can get a a field goal battery together. The Packers win this game much more comfortably than they do. Well, much more comfortably. They win by 10. And I would say 10 is is more reflective of how well this game was played by Green Bay. There was some, there was a little bit of, eh, well, they didn't play. People just want to be mad. There's a whole contingent of the fire Dom Capers group online that just doesn't want to say anything. They don't say anything good. Packers defense played well today. Mitch Trubisky made some plays. Take your hat off to him. He's talented. The defense played well. But there's a group of you that will never be satisfied. Packers could have won this game 23-0. Fire capers. And, And one game doesn't erase years of coming up little in big moments. And it doesn't it doesn't erase what happened last week. But we can zero in on this game and say for this game, Brett Hundley played well when he needed to play well. And we can say the defense 
on third down, they got off the field. Hey, they forced punts. I know the Lions aren't a great offense, but look, Detroit wasn't either. On a per-play basis, one of the worst offenses in football the Lions were. And so for the defense to play well, they give up 16 points to a team coming off a bye. That's a win. And it was a win. Green Bay gets a win. They're 5-4, and four, and they are right in the thick of the NFC playoff race. And they have, they're going to have some say here. They're not in control of their own destiny per se, but they get the Panthers who are ahead of them. They get the Lions who are technically ahead of them because they have the head-to-head matchup win. They get the Vikings. And they get two games against teams they absolutely have to beat. The Browns and the Buccaneers. The Bucs at home. We don't know if Jameis Winston's going to be healthy enough to play in that game. And if they win this week, 6-4, and four, they're right where they want to be. They'd certainly have a better record with Aaron Rodgers. They might be, you know, they might be 8-1 and one right now with Aaron Rodgers. Probably would be, frankly. But they don't have Aaron Rodgers. They have Brett Hundley. And they have a defense that played much better. Now we're going to find out what Brett Hundley's made of. In baseball, they say momentum is the next day's starting pitcher. In football, momentum is going to be Brett Hundley playing well next week. We won't know if this game gives him confidence. We won't know if this gives him momentum until we see it. If I'm right that he his issues are on decisiveness and confidence and not processing, then he should play better next week. This game should give him the confidence to play better next week. But he's facing a better team, a better defense, a better pass defense for sure. So we'll see. Right for now, let's not worry about it. Let's enjoy the win. 23-16, the Packers win. Alex Patakis, formerly of ESPN Radio in Milwaukee and, and now of the Acme Packing Company podcast, will join us tomorrow for Expert Tuesday. And we'll have more the rest of the week. Until then, you have to stay locked on, Packers. For listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite NHL team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.